Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. One, two, three. ESPN Radio. We continue our Big Sky Conference football previews with a little discussion about Weber State. The Wildcats, five consecutive playoff appearances, four consecutive Big Sky titles, but they missed the playoffs a year ago. They were just a few points away from being right there in playoff contention. But judging by the vibe coming out of Ogden, seems like the Wildcats very confident coming into the 2022 season. And a lot of that stems from their excellent head coach, Jay Hill, who we also heard from right off the top of this show. We also had a rather somber but very important interview with Rachel Thurston. She's from the Out of the Darkness Walk. It's part of the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention. And we also shared with you an important history lesson like we do here on Wednesdays. Learned a little bit more about Jesse Owens. You can find everything from the first hour of the show on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by The Advocates, The M Store, and the Montana State Bookstore. Time now for our ESPN Roundtable, our long-form interview of the week each week. You can find it in its origination here during the 5 o'clock hour of Nuanas Now. You can also hear a replay during the noon hour each Thursday right here on 102.9 ESPN Radio. We welcome in a guy who's covered the football championship subdivision as long as just about anybody, it's Craig Haley. He is uh, FCS senior editor for Stats Perform and the analyst, a guy who's joined us periodically and, and uh, usually always right around this time of year. Craig, thanks for making some time today, man. How you doing? Coulter, it's a pleasure being on your show. Thank you. First and foremost, uh, uh, there's a lot of movement in the world of college football. That's given us a ton to talk about during uh, this summer for sure. But I think there's a a giant question that fans around the football championship subdivision all share. What does it all mean for this level? I know we don't know the answer to that question, but what what do you think of just the way that college football has sort of evolved so rapidly these last couple years and and maybe how that impacts what is the FCS, the brand of the FCS? Well, it's certainly a... uh you know, a almost out of control, uh, you know, merry-go-round of, of events that are happening and, you know, uh, conference realignment, you know, the transfer portal, 
you know, NIL, you know, factoring into so many decisions of athletes. But, yeah, conference realignment, you know, it's, it's a scary topic because, you know, the, the bigger schools are going to be fine, you know, North Dakota State, Montana, Montana State. But, you know, the smaller levels of, of the FCS, that, that's where probably a lot of concern is. If you're not a, a power school in the FCS, those schools can always merge with, you know, the group of five conferences. If Division One, you know, totally uh, realigns, you know, then the, the, the lower half of, of, of FCS, those are the ones that, that are probably in most jeopardy here during conference realignment. And what's happening in the SEC and the Big Ten, the money figures and stuff, it's so far away from what, what we love to cover in the FCS and in the Big Sky Conference. So I do think that there's a lot of stuff that's out of the control of the schools that, that we most enjoy covering. But the, the football championship subdivision has movement of its own, uh, regardless of what's going on at the top level of college football, with James Madison and Sam Houston State uh, on their way out and on their way up to the FBS so how do you think that changes the landscape? Because it does seem like it gives a little bit stronger of a foundation to some of the schools in the Big Sky Conference and the Missouri Valley. Those were sort of the, the two premier programs that aren't in sort of these top two conferences in the FCS. So how do you think just James Madison, Sam Houston State no longer being in this subdivision affects the rest of the FCS? Well, it, it makes a, a, a big difference because the depth, you know, certainly is, is not quite what it what it is in the top ten, you know, going into the season, and probably how the season will play out. I mean, it, you know, North Dakota State has come to dominate the division, and there's now fewer possibilities. I mean, you look at the last eleven seasons, you know, North Dakota State with nine national titles. Those only other two schools to win are James Madison and, and Sam Houston. I, I look at it as they're leaving. Those two programs are leaving. You know when they're at the highest level uh, in in the FCS. When you know App- Appalachian State, Georgia Southern left. Those were national championship programs. You know, three for App State, six for Georgia Southern. But they also weren't at the elite level of their program's history when they left and went up to to the FBS. We're, we're losing. You know, Sam Houston and James Madison at, at the wrong time when they're you know at a championship level and playing, you know, deep into the playoffs every year. It's so true. Craig Haley joining us here on Nuanas Now, talking all things FCS, and we'll get to a little Big Sky stuff as well. Last year, Craig, when I went out to Harrisonburg, I actually got a chance to basically see uh, the last home game at the FCS level for James Madison when they defeated the Grizzlies before losing to North Dakota State uh, the uh, week after, and then I got to see Basically the last home game at the FCS level for Sam Houston when Montana State won down there as well. But you could tell particularly with James Madison, just the way that they had recruited, and you could tell that they were sort of ready to make the move. So maybe the uh, the move up to the FBS influenced them and influenced their recruiting. But how do you think that changes now the, the prospects of some of the other premier programs in the, in the Big Sky Conference and in the FCS? Does it change it at all? Or, I mean, do you feel like there's still uh, plenty of competitors here as we continue to try to see if there's anybody but North Dakota State that's going to win a national championship anytime soon. Colter, it, it surely would be surprising if, if the national champion doesn't come out of the Missouri Valley Conference or the Big Sky Conference. I mean, you look at the you know, top ten, and it's dominated by those two conferences. And, and really, you know, North Dakota State's a clear number one. I think South Dakota State going into the year is a clear number two. They, I mean, they, they have so much back on offense. 
and, and you know their lines are, are ready for you know for that next hurdle. But then you know then it's Montana, Montana State, you know Missouri State, you know Sacramento State. Those, those that's the next group here, and they're all from two conferences. I, I think Villanova is probably you know going to be a very strong team, and they made it to the quarterfinals last year. But I, I just don't see a champion coming out of any conference other than you know. Missouri Valley or Big Sky, and in Montana, Montana State really deserve to be, you know, three, four, whichever way you look at it going into the year. ESPN Roundtable, presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Craig Haley joining us on the Rangers Brothers RV phone line, talking all things FCS and Big Sky Conference. And one team, Craig, with the release of, of the most recent stats perform FCS poll, uh, the preseason poll, Missouri State was right there at number five. So, Bobby Petrino, a well-known name around college football, a well-known name around the state of Montana as a guy who hails uh, from Helena by way of Butte. It seems like he's got another program uh, on the up and up. So what has Missouri State done to get in the conversation? Because, you know, the Missouri Valley has had many great teams, many great programs, but Missouri State was not in that same conversation as NDSU and South Dakota State and Northern Iowa and Illinois State. But it seems like Missouri State... New to the dance, but an up-and-coming program. What have you seen that, that Coach Petrino's been able to do there uh, at Missouri State that's got them uh, to this place of, of nationally elite competitiveness? Well, if, if you look at it, that, that program really was you know, more abound uh, for a while there before his arrival. I, if I remember correctly, I think they had 34 wins in, in the 2010s decade. And so it took everybody by surprise last spring when they, you know, tied for the Missouri Valley Conference in this, the 2020 season, played in the spring, and then followed up with a second-place finish in the fall. Uh, he's just turned them around in a heartbeat. And, and, you know, Jason Shelley, their quarterback, I mean, he's just, you know, at a Walter Payton award level. I mean, he's going to contend for that. They have, you know, depth around and, and just, you know, elite players. The big question with them is they are 0-2 in the playoffs, despite this regular season success. So we're all looking at them to go far, but they, you know, came up short in the playoffs last year at home against UT Martin. That's the next step. I mean, if they have to, if they're going to go deep in the playoffs, and they're pretty much everybody's preseason number five, they have to start winning in the playoffs. That was such an interesting factor last year as well, because Montana State ripped off nine wins in a row, and then they lost their season finale to Montana, but then and they got the eight seed, got a bye. And many, many uh, pundits expected Missouri State to be the team that was coming to Bozeman, and instead UT Martin knocked him off. So uh, certainly an upset there, and you're right. Missouri State does need to, to figure out how to prove it uh, on the national level when it comes to the postseason. Greg Haley joining us here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. And, Craig, before we get to some big sky talk, I want to ask you about a couple of those other perennial powers. First, South Dakota State. I saw a tweet from you the other day talking about uh, when he had caught up with John Stigelmeyer. And we love Coach Stig around here. There's been a lot of crossover with SDSU and uh, the Big Sky Conference. So he's come on this show many times. A class act, one of the veteran coaches in college football. He's been there at South Dakota State since 1997 to the tune of 185 wins. So pretty good run there for Coach Stigelmeyer there at South Dakota State. But you said, after catching up with them, that uh, John Stigelmeyer had said that this is the most skilled offense in his tenure. Lofty words when you're talking about a program that's had, you know, Chris Oladokun is with the Pittsburgh Steelers now, and 
Um, before him, Taron Christian, who was a multi-year starter there at quarterback, and, and you know great players like Jake Weineke at receiver and Zach Zenner and Pierre Strong at running back. So personnel-wise, what what do you think gives Coach Dick this confidence, and and why is South Dakota State once again thinking, hey, we're, we're a real national championship contender? Well, I, you know they've actually beaten the Bison two straight times. That's know, right. Both meetings last year in the regular season. They're the one program, you know that that has figured out North Dakota State at times. I mean, I think James Madison had become the number two program, you know, in the last, you know, six, seven years of, of FCS. But South Dakota State is the one who's actually had the most success in the win column, you know, playing them every year, of course. Um, they haven't gotten it done in the playoffs, but in the regular season, for sure. I, I think, you know, Coach Stig, I mean, 27 years for him to say that is phenomenal. You know, a lot of it depends on Mark Granowski, their, their quarterback coming back healthy. He was the player of the year in the Missouri Valley last spring uh, and then had a knee injury, uh, you know, in, in the national championship game against Sam Houston, you know, sim- similar to Tommy Mallott getting hurt, you know, for the Bobcats last fall. You know, they have you know they have a running game with, with Isaiah Davis they have you know pass catchers galore and Tucker Kraft though tight end is could wind up being the the top FCS prospect you know he'll probably come out early after his junior season it's just you know they have a you know strong defensive line i mean they're just ready to to match you know North Dakota State i mean North Dakota State's the team to beat you know, but it only takes that one day for a team like the Jackrabbits to get it done, and and they certainly have a chance. So it it is saying something when Coach Stig talks so glowingly about his offense. Craig Haley joining us here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Are we got to ask you about, of course, the Bison before we get into some Big Sky Conference <laughs> talk? So, I mean, this is just amazing, Craig. I feel like it was a lifetime ago. When I watched North Dakota State rally from a 41-17 deficit, this was way back when I was still working in newspapers at the Bozeman Chronicle back in 2010, and I watched the Bison rally, and and then, of course, they lost to Eastern Washington uh, in in the playoffs the next week, but they've only lost one playoff game since then, and that's 10 years ago. It's unbelievable to think about the domination that North Dakota State's had. Coaching changes haven't derailed it. Multiple first-round draft pick quarterbacks going to the NFL hasn't derailed it. Is there anything in the world that can derail North Dakota State? <laughs> well, if you're a betting man, you would actually take the bison over the field. Um, in reality, you know, we all hope that there's a national title race. But, you know, I mean, the bison have so much back this year. Um, and they have the blueprint print had it you know get to frisco and 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 just you know obliterate opponents in in frisco so it's going to be tough to see them you know not win it but you know again you you do hold out hope and and you know the the big sky and the missouri valley are are where those top contenders are going to be i mean their defense is is lights out this year i mean you know hunter loopke could be the best player in 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 the fcs he's that good of, of a fullback um, you know, Cam Miller has, has developed a, 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 at quarterback, so, you know, maybe he takes the next level. But they have so much depth on in the running game. I mean, you know, the success they've had through the years, you know, goes to that, you know, offensive line. Just, you know, they just steamroll through opponents. And, you know, I, I think one of the more fascinating games of the year is, is their game at Arizona. You know, I mean, six straight wins against the FBS. They should be favored in that game in, in September. Yeah, and then, you know, really their regular season schedule sets up perfect. I mean, 
you know, if they beat South Dakota State at home, and, you know, they'll be at home, you know, this this could be an undefeated team going into the playoffs, and that'll give them home field advantage all the way through the semifinals. So, yeah, it's set up for them to win, but they've earned it, and they have so much back. It's unbelievable. It's, it's just one of the craziest runs we've ever seen in sports. Craig Haley joining us here on Nuanas Now. And, Craig, let's talk a little Big Sky Conference, since we are, of course, on the radio throughout the state of Montana. The, the league... It seems like over the last 10 years, since the expansion of the league, the addition of Southern Utah and Northern uh, North Dakota and, and Cal Poly and UC Davis, and then you know some of those teams leaving and now Idaho back and all that, there's been a, a fluctuation in membership. And then pretty much everybody's gotten to share at least a piece of the playoff pie. And a whole bunch of teams have, been, have at least had a, a taste of the Big Sky Conference championship. But now it seems that... The, the powers that be are back to, I don't want to say their rightful place, but the arms race is real and the teams with the most resources seem to be the most competitive in the Big Sky Conference. What do you think of just the way that the Big Sky has evolved? Because now it seems like Montana, Montana State, Weber State, Eastern Washington, sort of the teams that, you know, the, the, the maybe everyday fan in the FCS would expect to be the cream of the crop in the Big Sky. They're back to being the cream of the crop in the Big Sky. It's true, Coulter, and it does feel like there's been two tiers in, in recent years where there's been a separation. It's fun when, when Montana is back as a power program, that's for sure. I mean, they've been a traditional power, um, you know, we're down for a while, and obviously under Coach Houck, they're, they're at another level. But they have to take that next step. I mean, they've been to the quarterfinals two years in a row. Montana State, I mean, what a year they had last year, and, and you know, hopefully they're, they're healthy this year to make another deep run. I just think, yeah, it feels like, you know, the elite programs are there year in and year out. And it's that way in most conferences. I mean, Eastern Washington's about as fun a program as there is in the FCS. I mean, uh, you know, they'll take on anybody anywhere, and you got to give them credit for that because um, many teams don't do that. You know, Sac State, I mean, look what they've done under Coach Taylor. I mean, 15-1 and in their last two seasons, that, that's just, uh, you know, unbelievable considering the depth of the conference. And then, you know, Weber State, I mean, obviously four titles in a row. I'm surprised Coach Hill hasn't moved on to an FBS program at this point. He's that good of a coach, and I know you're a big fan of his. I mean, he's, you know, they should be back this year. It's, it's going to be a deep race. I mean, we had six teams in our, in our stats perform top 25 preseason poll. But as we talk about that dominance of the upper tier, I mean, I, I think it's worth noting that in, in the last six full seasons of the FCS, you know, if you're not counting that spring 2020 played in the 2021 spring season, a team picked fifth or lower in, in, in the Big Sky polls, preseason polls, has gone on to win at least a share of the title. Amazing. So uh, it does show you that somebody emerges every year, whether it's uh, you know, a Portland State one year or UC Davis. You know, Sac State certainly came out of nowhere when they were 2-9 and nine and then you know, want to share of the title. So I think we do have to keep that in mind, even though it does feel like, as we mentioned, two tiers have developed in the big sky. ESPN Roundtable here on ESPN Radio, as well as uh, SWX Montana Television. Craig Haley joining us. He's from Stats Perform the, and the analyst, FCS senior editor, the guy who puts together the preseason polls, the Buck Buchanan Award watch list, facilitates the polls, all that good stuff. You can follow him at Craig Haley on Twitter, and also check out all his great work in a variety of other places. Craig, 
Thanks for taking so much time today, man. We really appreciate it, and we'll catch up with you throughout the season. Great talking to you, Coulters. I appreciate your show. There you go. One of the veterans. One of the guys that uh, has a, a beat and a pulse on all of it. I know we didn't get much Big Sky Conference talking, but that's because we're going to give you a ton of Big Sky Conference analysis throughout this show and obviously throughout this month and this football season as well. So I wanted to get a bead on uh, some of the other teams uh, throughout the FCS. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls has a new early happy hour coming up. They're going to give me the the thumbs up when it's a full go. This is going to be a, a welcome site for a lot of you uh, graveyard shift people, maybe some of your health care workers that have to work overnight, but also a lot of you football fans who want to, you know, go have a, a beverage or two before a Grizz football game. It's always a, a fun pastime. So we'll let you know when that's up and running. Paradise Falls is a great place for family and friends. They have breakfast, lunch, Dinner, 30 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers. And, of course, they still have their traditional double happy hour. They have an early and a late happy hour in the evenings as well. So uh, fun place to go hang out. Go check out Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula, Paradise Falls. Missoula's coolest hot spot. I thought it was interesting, uh, Andrew, what, what Craig was saying there about South Dakota State, and it is true. When you when you really break down North Dakota State's unbelievable run, it's not just nine national championships in the last 10 years. It's also that if you take out that spring season where they lost three games, other than that, I believe that they've lost, I think they've lost nine or 10 total games during this span of the last 10 years. I mean, they've gone undefeated multiple times. Their winning streak got up into the high 30s. It was one of the great... And, and longest winning streaks in the history of college football. I mean, this is, we're talking, this is like now truly in the argument of the Newt Rockney Notre Dame teams and, and the Bud Wilkinson Oklahoma teams of the post-World War II 1940s and 1950s. This run is seriously in the conversation of one of the greatest runs in the history of college football ever in the 150-plus year uh, history of college football. But of those two handfuls of losses that NDSU has during this span. I believe South Dakota State has four, if not five, of those wins. And South Dakota State beat North Dakota State during the spring last year and during the fall last year. And you just have to wonder, South Dakota State has not got a chance to play North Dakota State in the playoffs. But I think that there's a little bit of a a litmus test there for other premier programs in the FCS. Montana State, Jeff Choate talked about it when he was building it there, former MSU head coach, how they wanted to be built in the image of NDSU. And you you look at the Bobcats, and that's what they've been the last handful of years. NDSU light. They have great offensive line. They want to push you around up front. They want to have great defensive play. They want to have a a, lunch pail mentality, a hit-you-in-the-face physical style of football. Well, guess what happened when they played North Dakota State? They lost forty. What? They lost fifty-two to ten, forty-nine to fourteen, and thirty-eight to ten. It hasn't been close at all. They've gotten completely blown off the ball. So you have to wonder then if South Dakota State is the better model. If the best way to beat NDSU is not to play NDSU's game, it's to play the opposite. It's to go get a quarterback and a high-flying offense. And you think South Dakota State? You think okay, cold weather team. 
they're going to be you know rough and tumble. But it's, it's not the case, and it seems as if maybe that's the better formula to try to take down uh, this almost unbeatable juggernaut that's been North Dakota State over these last 10 years. Yeah, it's interesting just to watch the progression of that rivalry. I, I guess the Dakota-Marker rivalry. I'm not sure if you can separate it out from the familiarity that South Dakota State has been able to build up with the Bison over the years. I just think that helps when you have a staff that's there for a long time that's seeing an opponent every year, figuring things out uh, and being able to take that and test that every year against a team like North Dakota State, right? It, yeah, it, it's true. And so then I, that's where I wonder, So with the, with the Grizz, so with the Bobcats, Montana State, they, they still want to have great defensive play, but I think the, that Brent Vegan, being a North Dakota State alum, as well as a, a guy who has a great reputation developing quarterbacks, is maybe a guy that, that knows a little bit better of how you beat NDSU. And now you look at what Montana State did, bringing in a whole bunch of transfer receivers and having a dual-threat quarterback who can who throw the ball down the field, stretch the field with his arm. Seems like they're going a little bit away from, you know. I mean, like when they played him with Troy Anderson as a quarterback, it's like, okay, you're going to run the, the spread option against NDSU with a, a linebacker playing quarterback. Of course you're going to lose. They're, they're going to just, just dominate you. Well, Whereas then, though, I actually thought that Bobby Houck's team in 2019 was one that was way more built to maybe compete with the Bison because you have a guy that's like a pro-level quarterback in Dalton Sneed. You have multiple elite-level wide receivers like Sammy Akim and Samari Torre. So now I'm wondering, though, with the Grizzlies, the Grizz have seemed to have gone back to the old-school Bobby Houck way of wanting to do it. Knock you in the dirt, smother you defensively, play the field position game, make huge momentum-swinging plays on special teams, and then kind of ham and egg it on offense. So the Grizz, do you think it's a flawed way of operating where they're going right now? I guess what I'm asking is how much better or how much more explosive do the Grizz need to be on offense for this to be able to be competitive against North Dakota State if they can get to that point somewhere down the road this year? Well, first of all, it just speaks to how much North Dakota State warps the entire, how everybody else operates in the subdivision because you know that they're just going to be there and you know what they're going to be doing every year. If it wasn't for that, I would disagree with you and say that, you know, it makes sense for Bobby Houck to be doing what he is most comfortable doing. But it's such a great point that NDSU is always going to, they're the final boss, right? They're going to be there at the end of the season for you. You're going to have to come up with a game plan to beat them. And if you try to do a lot of the same things that they're doing with the hard-nosed running game, the great defense, you have to be better than them at that. And that's really tough to do. So I think there is some merit of a point there, but it just it just speaks to... How do you be better than them, though? That's the question, right? The, the thing that's crazy is... So often when you have these like transcendent teams that go undefeated, it's because you have this unbelievable group of guys that it's just almost impossible to replicate. Like it's almost impossible to replicate the senior class at Montana State last year, where you have multiple guys that are drafted, multiple All American offensive linemen. You know, I mean they got they got guys all over NFL rosters from one team. And they got smoked. They got destroyed. So Well, NDSU has that every year, right? They're just on a different level. That's what I'm saying is NDSU 
they don't ever have that elite group, that transcendent group, move on and then take a step back. Somehow, some way, they're better. And I don't know how it ever is going to end. I don't know if anybody knows how really it's going to end. I just, I always have thought that one of the, the greatest pieces of, so much goes into this. You know, I mean, winning 140 games versus 10 losses or whatever the official record is, that's part of it. You get everything you deserve at that point. Getting home games, I mean, they haven't left Fargo for the playoffs except for to go to Frisco since 2010. That's crazy. You, I mean, were, you were probably still in high school in 2010. I mean, that, that's crazy to think about. But I, I thought I think one of the strokes of luck that NDSU's gotten, though, is that they never had to play a, a team with a diametrically opposed style in the championship game. The one team that beat them one time was James Madison, and they did have a different style. But I've, I always thought that... Like one of, some of the great fortune that NDSU had was like Youngstown State going into Cheney and beating Cooper Cup's Eastern Washington team. Like that Cooper Cup team almost went to Fargo and beat almost beat NDSU during the regular season earlier that year. And so some of it is is uh, just good luck as well. We're gonna get to you talking the gap in the FCS and uh, all things Big Sky Conference football. I don't know, forevermore, <laughs> for always around here at uh, Nuanas now. But we're going to take a step outside the football world and talk to a young man who just got drafted into the major league base, into Major League Baseball, Brock Blatter, a Billings Central graduate, potentially on his way to Alabama or potentially on his way to the minor leagues. We'll hear more. An update from Andrew Houghton, our latest senior spotlight. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. You know you're uh, doing it right when uh, your op- your options are go pro or go to the SEC. <laughs> Pretty good. You want us now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Maybe you're streaming, or you can always stream on our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Coulter Nuanas coming to you from the ESPN Montana studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated. 
for more than 15 years. Thanks for tuning in here on your Wednesday. We have been uh, navigating a wide variety of subjects for this summer's Senior Spotlight. It's a fun, fun uh, deal catching up with all of these young people from across the state of Montana, some of the best high school boy and girl athletes. And uh, we got a contribution from our guy Andrew Houghton, our producer on the other side of the glass, from one of the best baseball players that the state, one of the most talented for sure baseball players that the state has seen in quite some time. Brock Bladder, a recent graduate of Billings Central, a guy who was selected in the uh, Major League Baseball draft, and a guy who is now headed uh, to Alabama. The Senior Spotlight is presented by Blaine McElmurray and McElmurray Homes. McElmurray Homes, your top custom home builder in western Montana. Great attention to detail. They're going to find you the, the cheapest way to get the job done. And Blaine and his team and his family, great supporters of high school athletics across the state of Montana. Andrew, anything to, to that we need to set people up with, or should we just let this thing roll? I say we just hit it. Let's go. Let's roll. And now with another Senior Spotlight segment joining us on Nuanez Now, Billings Central Catholics Brock Bladder, a pitcher committed to the University of Alabama, headed down to the University of Alabama in just a couple days here. Brock, thanks for coming on with us, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and it's been quite a busy summer for you. You've played in the MLB Draft League. You've been drafted into the MLB Draft. Let's just start there. What was it like to hear your name called in the MLB Draft just a couple weeks ago? Yeah, it was pretty crazy. It was uh, obviously an exciting time. You know, the draft is very unpredictable, and you never know what's going to happen, but it's always nice to hear your name called even with my decision to go to college, it's still a very cool thing to hear your name called in, a, in the MLB draft. Sure, and that that's sort of a thing for the MLB draft. I mean, you made it pretty clear to all the teams that you were probably going to go to college anyway. Not really. You know, you never know what's going to happen. Um, um, certain things fall certain ways. I mean, uh, I could have easily signed if some things didn't go some different ways. But, um, yeah, you kind of going into it, I had a very open mind. I uh, me and my mom went into it as plan A and plan A. Um, I didn't really, wasn't torn either way. I could go to Alabama, which is great. And I'm excited to go there and get, get to work. But uh, uh, if I got drafted and I signed, I was really happy with that too. It was, you know, both directions was going to be, I was going to be happy either way. So um, wasn't, you know, I was, was going to be happy with whatever happened. No doubt. And, and when did you make the decision sort of not to sign and to go to Alabama? When did that become sort of the final plan for you? So they have to have everybody signed by August 1st. So that's kind of when exactly, you know, I'm going to go to college. So that's every team has to have their draftees signed by August 1st. Brock Bladder joining us here for a senior spotlight on Nuanez now. Right-handed pitcher from Billings Central, who was drafted by the Chicago Cubs in the 19th round of last month's MLB draft, but he turned them down, so he's going to go pitch for Alabama. And Brock, sounds like you're heading down to Tuscaloosa in just a couple days. What are you looking forward to about that? I'm looking forward to going there and getting to work and getting to uh, work with the coaching staff and get to be with uh, teammates and stuff. It'll be a really good experience, and I'm excited to go get after it and uh, go work my butt off and hopefully get some innings in in the spring. And uh, I want just our team to be, you know, go, go work hard and uh, hopefully we can play really well and hopefully we can get to Omaha. That's always the end goal is to go try to win a national championship. So uh, in any way I can contribute to that, I would love to do it. And I'm ready to get down there and get to work. 
No doubt. How did you end up with Alabama? What was the recruiting process like? Um, was it tough to get recruited out of Montana for baseball? And how did that sort of all play out for you? Yeah, it's definitely, I think, pretty tough to get recruited out of Montana for baseball. you got to do a lot of homework, send a lot of emails. And I would go down south to play with my cousin's team and play down there a little bit. So I got some of the, um, the southern part, and that's kind of how I uh, worked my way down there to go to college. And then I were, uh, played for a team out of Three Forks, Montana, uh, Big Sky Baseball, and they would uh, go to showcases in the fall. And that's kind of really when stuff started to happen recruiting-wise. And I went down to the Arizona Fall Classic and threw really well my junior year, and that's kind of when I started to get some offers and some attention. And, um, yeah, you kind of – it's um, you know, getting recruited out of Montana for any sport I think is very difficult – uh, you just kind of, you know, social media is going to help a lot. You can already see it with a lot more kids getting Division One offers. Uh, you get people post you on social media. You post yourself. Coach finds it. Another coach finds it. It's, I think social media is the key for Montana kids to get out of Montana to go play college sports. Yeah, and just to put in perspective what Brock is talking about with getting recruited and getting scouted out of Montana when he was picked by the Cubs, as I mentioned, in the 19th round. Last month in the MLB draft, he became the first Montana high schooler picked in the MLB draft. In nearly a decade, the last one was Billings West's Gage Hins in 2014. So make it a little bit of history as well, Brock. But what was it about Alabama that had you wanting to go there? Uh, the coaching staff is awesome there. The campus is beautiful. Everything is top of the line facility-wise. And, uh, the, yeah, it was just an obvious choice for me. I love the coaching staff there. love what is being built there right now. And it campus is beautiful. I've been down there twice, and the culture there is just unbelievable. No doubt it's Brock Blatter, a graduate now of Billings Central, right-handed pitcher who's heading down to Alabama to pitch for the Crimson Tide. Brock, summer baseball often means American Legion in Montana, but you had sort of a unique opportunity earlier this summer going to the MLB Draft League to pitch for the State College Spikes in Pennsylvania. What was that like, can you, and can you explain a little bit what that league is, sort of what, what that meant for you and, and what that experience was like? Yeah, so it's a full of some college guys. We had a couple of their high school guys on my team, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I met some really good people, learned a lot, and got to throw against some really good hitters, which I think will be helpful for me down the line to face some college hitters while be, still being in high school. And, yeah, it's a very similar to minor league baseball, which I really enjoyed. And uh, it's baseball every day, so I couldn't complain. It was awesome. I got to go to the field every day. We played in really nice stadiums. My stadium was at Penn State, and the, the atmospheres of the games were fun, and, uh, it was really good experience. I really enjoyed it. And before that, I played with the 406 Flyers in the summer, and that's kind of the route I chose instead of a Legion baseball. How long were you out in State College for? I mean, how many how many starts did you get the chance to make? How much did you get a chance to throw? I believe I had five starts. I was out there for a month, so I was throwing every Saturday. So yeah, I think I got five starts in, about a month. Very cool. This is a question we typically ask for these senior spotlights, and it's a little bit different for you because you weren't playing high school baseball. But how are you going to look back on your high school career at Billings Central? Uh, it was awesome. I got to play basketball, and we got to win a state championship. I'll always remember that, and I'll always be a Ram. And it was uh, I enjoyed high school. It was, it was fun, and, um, you know, got to meet some really good people that I'll always be friends with. And uh, the culture at Billings Central is, I think, one of the best high school experiences you could ever have. Everybody's tight niche. Everybody's friends, and everybody supports the sports teams, and it's just a uh, very fun high school to go to and be a part of and play sports for. It's Brock Blatter from Billings Central and an Alabama baseball commit.
soon to be a member of the Alabama baseball team down there in Tuscaloosa. Also became the first Montana high schooler drafted in the MLB draft since 2014, earlier this summer. Brock, with not, you know, not playing Legion, not having high school baseball here in Montana, it's likely that a lot of our listeners haven't seen you throw all that much. Give us the scouting report on on you, what you like to throw, what your repertoire is. Yeah, so this summer I was 91 and 95 on my fastball. I throw a slider that's normally uh, 82 to 85, and then I throw a spike curveball, which is basically a 12-6 curveball, then I throw a changeup. How quickly did that velocity develop for you? I mean, is it something that's been steadily coming along, or have you had a big jump? Yeah, so I've kind of always, uh, you know, just steadily through high school gained velocity. I think I hit 90 for the first time officially. I think uh, going into junior year or junior year, um, yeah, I think taking this year off of basketball, I didn't play basketball my senior year. I was, uh, you know, I topped at 92 as a, as a junior. Then I kind of really got a velo jump this year up to 95 and consistently hitting 95, 91, 95. After kind of this off season, I really got in the weight room and really arm care and threw a lot more. And my arm was in amazing shape going into this year. And I think that was contributing to kind of just focusing on baseball this winter and I think getting in the weight room has really uh, improved a lot for me and um, just taking care of my arm to the fullest and throwing more and um, just kind of being on the mound more, I think is a huge thing for me in Montana. It's tough to get on the mound in the winter. So I had to find a little indoor place. And I think just, uh, just being consistent with what you're doing and doing stuff correctly, I think has contributed the most to my velo jump this year. Very cool. Yeah. 90 is sort of that magic number. If you, if you can throw 90, you'll get a look no matter where you're from. And definitely if you're sitting in the nineties, Brock Blatter from Billings Central, right-handed pitcher joining us for the senior spotlight. He's headed down to Tuscaloosa, Alabama to play baseball for the Crimson Tide. Brock, thank you so much for your time. Anything else that you wanted to add before we let you go here? Uh, no, I just thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. No doubt. Thank you, man. And, uh, and good luck going forward. Thank you. Have a good day. Eastern A to the SEC. That's <laughs> it's pretty good. I think it's probably going to be a pretty, uh, pretty interesting transition. But he did play Brock Bladder joining us on our senior spotlight. He played on that, uh, like in the uh, the MLB like draft league, right, leading up to. Uh, the draft, and, and he performed well in that league. So he's gotten at least a little bit of elevated competition recently before he heads to college. Yeah, and like he was saying, it's because of social media, it's a lot easier for people to see it these days. For sure. And especially if you're a pitcher. I mean, like I said at the end there, if, if you're throwing 90, you'll get a look. Right. If somebody sees your video, and like he was doing, he was sitting in the 90s by his senior year. That, that'll that get any college coach in the country looking at you. It's exactly right. It's, it's why baseball and track, they have these tangible marks, right? Like, you're, average, you're averaging 28 points per game in Class C in Montana high school basketball or Class B like Damon Gravant was last year. And the coach's automatically first reaction is going to be, who are you playing against? Whereas, if you run a 10 500-meter dash, it doesn't matter. You ran the 10 500-meter dash just like you're saying. If you throw low 90s and you got some junk, You'll be able to throw low 90s when you leave Billings and go to Tuscaloosa. It's, it's a pretty translatable skill. So very cool for Brock Blatter, a Billings Central graduate, joining us here on uh, Nuanas Now, part of our Senior Spotlight Series. Paddleheads tickets for you. They're back at home. Three-game set, the second of a three-game set. we got tickets for you tonight, 406-888-1029. We're closing up shop here at Missoula Broadcasting in 13 minutes, but we can have the tickets for you down there at the Will Call Gate. If you want to go to the Missoula Paddleheads tonight, call us right now. First caller, 
406-888-1029. The Boise Hawks in town, 406-888-1029. First caller, we got two tickets for you to tonight's Missoula Paddleheads game against Boise. Call us right now. We'll get you set up for what's going on the rest of the week. Right after this, keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio Missoula. Man, the first time you ever heard that, where were you? Such a good album, such a good track. Hope you're having a great Wednesday. Thanks for hanging out with us. Missed anything in today's show? You can always find it. Nuana's Now Podcast, proudly presented by the M Store, the Advocates, and the Montana State Bookstore. Fun, fun show today. A lot of conversation about the Big Sky Conference. Talked a little bit about Weaver State. Talked all the way around the FCS with Craig Haley as part of our ESPN Roundtable. Learned about the Out of Darkness Walk Suicide Prevention Fundraiser coming up on September 10th. Learned some about Jesse Owens. And we heard from Brock Blatter, future Alabama Crimson Tide pitcher who also was drafted in the Major League Baseball draft out of Billings. Go check out the Nuanas Now podcast. Tomorrow, taking the show on the road, only a little ways on the road, just up the hill, up to Evero Hill, up to Gray Wolf Peak Casino. We'll hear from our good friend Carolyn, the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports. We'll also hear from our great colleague, Chris Redpath, as well as our latest edition of Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops, Where Are They Now? Greta Koss will join us. Greta Koss Bueller now. Uh, but Greta Koss, one of the great Lady Grizz players of all time, one of the stars of the Lady Grizz in the mid-1990s, who then went on to play in the WNBA, now resides in Helena. And a fun twist for you, Austin Bueller, recent Grizz football commit, is the son of Greta Koss Bueller. So uh, the family legacy continues here at Montana, but we'll, have, uh, we'll very much look forward to helping Grey Wolf Peak Casino with their grand opening of the Lasalle Sports Bar up there at the casino and uh, also have great guests, including Greta Koss and including Carolyn, uh, the chick who doesn't know sports. Friday, our guy Regime, he's uh, out. He's on a cross country trip, going to Columbus, Ohio. Can't wait to hear what 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 our guy thinks about Columbus. But we have some fun uh, guests coming in. Our annual appearance from Garrett Middleton, who's from the Bitterroot Celtic Festival. Uh, he's a, a awesome guy to talk to, and what a fun event that is down there in the Bitterroot. He swings by uh, pretty much. Uh, Yearly, leading up to those Bitterroot Celtic games. And uh, we'll also have some NFL talk. Tomorrow's going to be a busy day because we'll be broadcasting live from the Lasso Sports Bar from 1 o'clock on. So we'll have a all-stations remote broadcast for Missoula Broadcasting Companies. You can find me telling you all about this cool place up there uh, on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as on the trail, 103.3 FM the U1045 FM, and Jack FM1059. This Lasso Sports Bar is so cool. It, it is like a Native American sports museum. Every table has like this history lesson on it. It has pictures and, and all sorts of information on great Native athletes from across the country, whether, you know, Jim Thorpe or... Um, like the Schultz sisters who played at uh, Louisville. Great, um, great history lessons. And 
I can't wait to, to spend some time up there and, and go through all of them. I'm going to give you a bunch of them um, while we're broadcasting them up there. But I, I'll be excited to be up there. If you want to come up and hang out, we'll be at the uh, Last House Sports Bar at Gray Wolf Peak Casino from 1 p.m. until 6 p.m. tomorrow. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, last thought, I, I spent a lot of time at Grizz practice today because I, I wanted to see just the pep, the energy. And uh, they are bringing the heat for sure. There were some, uh, definitely some big hits, some good exchanges, some some good balls, some interceptions. Uh, David Copang had a pick. Trevin Gradney had a pick for the second day in a row. Uh, Isaiah Childs ran over T.J. Roush. It was kind of one of the highlights of the day. Jackson Lee then thumped Isaiah Childs on the next carry. So we'll have more reports from you from Grizz football, too. I won't be able to make it to practice tomorrow, but we'll, we will make it on Friday. So uh, look forward to that uh, as well. We'll see you at Gray Wolf Peak Casino tomorrow. In the meantime, have yourself a wonderful Wednesday evening. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.